Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Dreamers here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Of course, as always, I've got my good friend Pierre with me at PeeWee31 on Twitter. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Pierre? Well, yes, I'm hanging in there. Um, our teams didn't fare too well uh, during Wild Card Weekend. Both uh, the Coats and the Bears eliminated, but Chin still had, held high and, you know, trying to push through the division around here. Well, yeah, my chin's held high because my Crimson Tide won a national championship yesterday. What are you talking about, head held high? <laughs> I mean, I was, my head was held high all day and all weekend, buddy. There you go. Road Tide for you. I can't even brag about that because I was huffing and puffing about Indiana all year. Then they yep. got beat by Ole Miss. So congrats to the Crimson Tide. I'm glad you beat Ohio State. Even though in the Big Ten, I can't stand <laughs> the Buckeyes. So I am very thankful for that win that you guys had last night. You know, I I don't watch a lot of college football. I I just don't. It's 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 just one of those things. It's on ESPN a lot of times. You know, I know we got the SEC game and everything. I don't. I know it won't surprise anybody after they hear how cheap I am all the time, running around with my S four phone and all that stuff. Uh, I I don't. I have an over the air antenna. Okay, and over the air, it's one of those digital things or something. I don't know. It's really flat. I can't believe that it that it still works. Yeah. But I I just don't. I I I've got plenty of things I don't watch on that on that. And I just I'd rather listen to games on the radio. That's I, I yes, I said the radio, not my Google machine <laughs> or the satellite. I said the radio. I love the AM radio. It's something that I've always listened to, and I just love it. I love piddling around the house while the radio's playing. And I get to listen to games. You remember when the Cubs were making their playoff run? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that. I was standing in my kitchen listening to the radio. Uh, and I was, I man, I was I was in a sweat cause, because <laughs> I was all involved. I was I was growling and people are batting and I'm diving around. I'm looking like heavy, heavy bias sliding around there and my socks and everything. <laughs> right on the kitchen floor. I having a great time. Oh, that was a great series, too. Yeah, I like the way Pat Hughes. I know he does the the Cubs play-by-play, Um, so good to hear that. I do have cable. I do watch television, mostly sports, but, uh, yeah, definitely on the, the Cubs. That was intense. Uh, no bittersweet again. We had talked about it, but Kyle Schwarber officially uh, mm-hmm. signed with the Washington Nationals, and that was just heartbreaking for me. Being an IU guy, he went to IU, um, actually made it to the, the College World Series uh, there in Indiana, him and Sam Travis, who's in the Red Sox system, but he's a national now, so he's gone. I won't have my my Shorber anymore. I think I got like three Shorber Cubs jerseys in my house, so huh. I'll keep those around. But it was bittersweet to see him leave. Uh, speaking of Chicago Cubs, yeah, and I, you know, on on the NFL side of things and college football, even if I ever want to see anything, everything's on to- YouTube, you know. And I can, I actually, sure. I go through the games and I watch them on. YouTube to some degree, and a lot of times you just get to see the scoring plays or the highlights of the drives, and that's that's fine with me. Yeah, I can I can condense a game down to 12, 13 minutes. That's fine with me. All right, <laughs> it doesn't mean I get to see everything, nor do I remember anything anyway. So it wouldn't matter if I watched it or not. Cable's really going away, and you think about it, a lot of folks are streaming. They have your streaming services, mm-hmm. and some folks do the illegal stuff as well. So there's ways around it. So better to you all. I'm still the the chump paying all the money for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the chump paying all the money, uh, we got to get into this DraftKings lineup here. And I went ahead and did the slate there where I think, I think that's actually a good slate this week where all the games are lined up together mm-hmm. um, Saturday through Sunday. So that's the, the games that I have here lined up. And actually Pierre, I was very happy to see the highest price player, 
this weekend is Devontae Adams, like I had been urging DraftKings <laughs> to do for so long to make Devontae. I think I actually wanted him to get up to 10K. He never quite got up to 10K. But, man, Devontae Adams is the guy that you got to pay up for this week if you want to play him. Yeah, he'd definitely be the the one. Uh, tough matchup. Uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, will probably be shadowing him. I'm not sure, obviously, how that's going to play out. We We saw the Metcalf, which... I got that one right. I didn't get much right in the wild card weekend. Actually, I was probably about 50-50 on our calls here uh, when we had Rob on. But Metcalf got there. Um, but when he got there, Ramsey was not on him. So most of those big plays was actually when they kind of, you know, motioned him away from Ramsey. So it'll be interesting to see what the Packers do to kind of get Devontae away from him as well. Speaking of having Rob on, I just got done recording a podcast with Rob, and we usually have the weekly winner of the Baby Bowl on mm-hmm. with us, uh, Rob and I, each and every week. And this week it was Juan Signs. He's all the way from Hawaii. And, wow. and I, yeah, yeah, so, wow, it start trying to get me to explain how in the world I was just talking to a guy in Hawaii, not on a phone, but over the Internet and with a <laughs> computer. I don't, even, I don't even have a phone up to my ear, and I'm using a little microphone here. Don't ask me how in the world that happens. But uh, I was talking to Juan, and... Juan was so excited. He said he'd been waiting to get on the podcast all year. That was one of the reasons why he wanted to win. He knew Rob from years back, even just from talking with him over Twitter. So a relationship that started on Twitter. But Juan was uh, he was he was stoked, man. He was he was psyched up because it was the first time I believe that he had ever been on a podcast and stuff. And that is just awesome to be able to open up that door for somebody because uh, there's something that I really appreciate, and that's people taking the time out of their daily lives to be able to listen to something that you and I do, or you and Rob, or myself and Rob do anything like that so to be able to have Juan on that was really good it reminded me of you really being on a podcast for just Mm -hmm. about the first time this year as well when I opened up that door for you and it's always it's been great to have a relationship started absolutely um that's exactly what I was thinking about was just myself and you kind of welcomed me aboard so I'm really happy for him and maybe he can take it down if I don't take it down I had a really rough start uh to my baby bow experience but I do appreciate you reaching out and you know, it's been a blast this season. Uh, hopefully we can, you know, do it again next year. Maybe come up with some other things, you know, outside of sports as well. But I definitely understand where he's coming from. And I thank you and I thank the community for kind of linking me up to you because it all just kind of fell into place based off the fantasy community and us being in different leagues together. So really appreciate that. Yeah, I actually found your name on a bathroom wall, Pierre. <laughs> it better have been a permanent marker, Wes. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which side of the bathroom it was, whether it was the female or the <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Why are you on both sides is my question. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I've really enjoyed that, too. It's been cool to be able to see that. Now, I will toot my horn, okay, honkity okay. honk, uh, because I – called i said you guys gave me a hard time last week you and rob both gave me a hard time when i talked about baker mayfield being one of those guys who could have a sleeper weekend last week and that i was looking at him at being a really good contrarian play and champ he had 22 DraftKings points i think oh, last yeah. week and a lineup that i built around him landry and that browns defense and nick chubb really paid off for me last week so ha yeah, you, you nailed it. I mean, that's a credit to you. And funny story. So speaking of listeners, my, my wife listens every week and she listened to that segment of the family feud. And she said when she was driving, uh, she listened to it on the way to work. She said immediately, she's like, well, Pierre and Rob should just pick whoever they're not thinking about because West <laughs> is going to be way off the map. 
And of course, me and Rob started picking like rivers and guys that were on our minds. And nope, it was definitely just Wes's mind. She's like, I told you. She's like, I could have butted in and tell you exactly who was going to play because it wasn't going to be anybody that any of you were thinking about. And that was it. So bravo on Baker because he was down towards the bottom of our list. Um, even like Taylor Heineke actually played. Um, oh, I didn't think he was even going to play. He played. He tore up. And who knows? Wolford may have had a big game too if he wouldn't have left with the concussion and neck issue. Oh man, Heineke! He, yeah, look, I, I wanted to find a jersey of his, and I couldn't find one anywhere. <laughs> uh, so uh, that guy, I, I love a story like that, and I know that that you know I, I was rooting at the same time uh, for uh, Tampa Bay during that game because it's JB's team. But man, it was I, I wanted to know what JB was doing. I didn't text him because it was during the game and all, but I wanted to know if, what he was doing because it is hard, even if it's my team. Whenever I see a Cinderella story like a Heineke come out there and just ball. Out, cuz ball out. That's all. Uh, he played real, real well. And I actually remember him in Carolina. I want to say he yep. was like minimum salary last year. And I played him. I like looked him up and uh, he had a nice little story with his dad that was going to be there. And he ended up getting hurt. And I'm like, oh, this guy's terrible. I was so mad he got hurt, left the game early. And uh, he definitely showed up uh, there against Tampa. I was pulling for him. I have no Tampa ties. I can't stand Tom Brady being a Coats fan and all the, the back and forth there in New England. So I was hoping that oh, Taylor will be able to pull it off. But it was a good game. I didn't expect it to be. Um, I actually dozed off early on and woke up, and it was still close. So I'm like, whoa, what's happening here? So it was definitely nice to see Heineke. He'll, he'll land somewhere now. He'll, he'll get a spot because they basically just signed him as kind of insurance after the whole Broncos thing. Uh, he was at home. Uh, I can't remember what he was doing. He's like studying for something, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, they basically just wanted him to be like a quarantine quarterback just to avoid that Broncos situation where they had to start hinting um, that receiver uh, based off their practice squad. So that's the whole reason that he was even signed. And uh, it was good to see a story of him uh, right behind Alex Smith, which was another great story and really gave in, gave Washington a chance. Yeah. When he, when he dove for the pile on and got in there, my daughter gave a hoo she's gonna ask for a a heineke jersey instead of a mahomes jersey (laughs) now right but patrick mahomes starts off off our quarterback tier this week and he's at 8k pierre and um i just kind of want to play a little game of of would you rather right that's what i want to kind of start off with and well you know when i say that I, i really I like to go through here, and I, I like to find out these guys are going to hit three times their value. So let's okay. mash it up together if we can. And these guys are all – there's not a lot of players. So we can kind of squeeze all these guys in here, I think, this week whenever we talked about it. So Jared Goff starts us off at $5,200. Will he be able to pay off three times his DFS Dreamer value? I don't think so. Um, he should be able to. He's, he's capable, but he just didn't look right with the thumb. Uh, he, he aired it out a few times when some good balls happened, but there were other balls where he was just off. It was wobbly. I'm not sure that thumb's going to really act any better um, in the frigid uh, frozen tundra when they travel to Green Bay. So I'm going to say no with golf. I would agree with you on that one. Uh, would you rather have him or Baker Mayfield? I take Baker. Um, not going to jump on your train, but uh, he definitely looked good there. Uh, still a really good price. Actually came down a hundred bucks. Uh, 5,300. They're going into Kansas City. They're going to have to score. Um, obviously, they could try to keep them off the field with those running backs they have there, but you got to expect Kansas City to to put points on the board. Uh, Andy Reid's always ready, uh, coming off a bye week type of situation. Yep. Uh, 33 point total for the Chiefs right now, so you're, you're going to expect Baker to have to throw, and I think he can get to that 15 to 18 range that you're looking for. 
I told you last week that that was a team that I was adopting because I just really felt like my Bears were going to lose, and I was pulling for the Browns really good. But this week, I am really scared of a letdown game because they won their first playoff game. Mm -hmm. It was against the Pittsburgh Steelers, their arch rival, and now they got to go against Andy Reid in a bye week who hasn't lost a game, I think, in 32 years off a bye week or some kind of crazy stat like that. Um, And that I'm really scared about Baker, not Baker Mayfield necessarily this week, but that entire team uh, just having a letdown game. I, I hope I'm wrong just because I do like <laughs> Cleveland and I have several friends now who seem to be uh, Cleveland Brown fans. And so I'm really <laughs> rooting for them this week. Oh, and, and, and by the way, there's a little edge there whenever my daughter has, has a little crush on Patrick Mahomes as well. So I oh, don't tell her her last, you can have her blushing here and back. Uh, she's she going to hate daddy down. Oh, uh, you know, it, so I, I don't mind watching Patrick Mahomes lose. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Drew Brees? I'd still take Baker, uh, just given the game script. I know that Brees is in a dome. Uh, they also got 27.3, so you definitely could play Brees. I just think I prefer that that higher over under. Uh, it's about four, four and a half points higher right now with the, the Chiefs and the Browns. So I'd stick with Baker over Brees. And probably some garbage time in that Cleveland game too, if it does end up being a blowout. And the, mm-hmm. if anything, the Chiefs are, are vulnerable um, on a defensive side of things, unless they start flying around. I, I could see Baker Mayfield outscoring him. Can Drew Brees get to that three times of value though? Yeah, he can get there for sure. Um, okay. Got there last week. Uh, you, you look at the Bears. I feel like they have a, a better defense than the Bucks. Personally, um, I know Chuck Pagano uh, announced his retirement tonight. So. Uh, Farewell to Chuck. Hopefully he's healthy, uh, but he retired. But I do expect uh, the Saints to be able to put up points. Michael Thomas looked healthy uh, last week as well. They'll, they'll get Kamar involved. So Bree still has the weapons. Really good price still at 5,600. So I think he can get to that 18 range also. Chuck Pagano retired? Yeah, he retired tonight. He announced it. Uh, so your Bears are going to be in the hunt for a new defensive coordinator. I'm telling you, Chuck Pagano was the thing holding that team together. I'm, I'm the team. I'm not talking about just the defensive side of things, mm-hmm. but he was what was holding that team together. Um, it, it sure wasn't Nagy. Uh, oh, <laughs> that, that's gonna that's gonna get messy before it gets. It's gonna get oh, really it messy. It definitely is for sure. But yeah, I, I wish Chuck all the best. He was yeah. a great coach here in Indy. Uh, went through the leukemia here. Uh, had a really good season with Bruce Arians uh, as well. And uh, Grigson didn't make the right moves. I don't feel while he was here for as head coach, but. Definitely wish him the the best, and hopefully it's nothing like health related that's causing him to step down, and he's just wanting to spend time with family. Right, Baker Mayfield or Tom Brady? I might probably go Brady. Uh, Brady's looked really good here the last four weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really throwing the ball as well. So um, Ronald Jones really hurt the fantasy world last week. Uh, had a a pregame quad injury that no one said anything about. Uh, all of a sudden, Fournette, you know, started and got all the touches. Ronald Jones didn't even play. Uh, but even so, um, Aarons has always been someone that really likes to throw the ball, stretch it downfield. So I expect Brady to air it out. I think he'll have some success in a dome. Uh, so I do like Brady uh, more than Baker at 6,300. Now, this is always one of those weeks, too, where Tom Brady seems to be able to pay off at 6,300. But Mike Evans, one of his key weapons, might get a little negated this week. I think mm-hmm. that he always has a tough game against the New Orleans Saints. 
he always struggles with Lattimore um, every single time out. So uh, Lattimore seems to have his number. Uh, when we get to receivers, we'll probably lean more towards a uh, Godwin or Antonio Brown because you're right. Uh, they usually shadow Mike Evans with Marshawn Lattimore, and it usually does not go well for Mike <laughs> Evans. <laughs> so that's that's the warning for Tom Brady. But he's at 6,300. He should be able to get to 18 points for sure this week. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers against that Rams defense that – that Rams Ooh. defense looked really good. I know they had DK Metcalf found some holes in that in that uh, defense, but I don't know that Aaron Rodgers necessarily keeps a play alive like like uh, Russell Wilson does. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I still take Rodgers. Um, he's still talented, man. He he can run the ball for one, so he's going to have a little bit more um, escapability. Um, so he'll he'll get a little bit more rushing upside uh, than you will get from a Brady as well. Um, they may try to take away Adam, so you might see him, you know, having to use Valdez, Scantley, Alan Lazard, Tunyon, those types more, maybe even Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Uh, but I'm still just taking his talent there in Lambeau in the code. Um, Los Angeles is coming in, you know, from the, the sunny California uh, to the the freezing. It looks like it's going to be 32, so it'll be right at freezing uh, there in Lambeau. They're actually allowing fans in um, a little bit more. I can't remember what they bumped it up to, but they're going to have more fans there at Lambeau Field. So, I'll go with the hometown guy. I'll go with the probable MVP, and I'll take Aaron Rodgers there over Brady. And he should be able to get to 21 fantasy points? Yes, I think so. He's he's uh-huh. done it basically all year. Okay, Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen, who, boy, oh, boy, that guy, that kid is looking really good <laughs> right now. Is it Josh Allen's third year this year? Yeah, yeah, he's entering that year three. Um, similar to Baker, they were all in that same same draft class. Uh, he went after Baker and after Darnold, but I do like him over Rodgers. Uh, there's a 7,400, so he's he's definitely a little bit more uh, than Rodgers. That's pay about $500 more against the Ravens. Uh, he's looking good though, man. He he played really well against the Colts, and you know we still had a chance to to win that game there late. wasn't able to get it done, and he just I mean he torched us 324, two touchdowns. You know he rushed for another 54 and a touchdown. Really no turnovers. I know he fumbled the ball late that they recovered, but he was protecting the ball as well. Has a really good rapport with Diggs, Beasley, you know, Gabe Davis. So I really like Josh Allen. And, again, this could be another high-scoring type game. you got three games on this slate that are 50 or above, so there could be points galore this weekend. So let me tell you about my Baltimore Buffalo epiphany that I had. Okay, what's that? All right. Now I, and I'm not going to say a disappointing game for Josh Allen. But I just wonder if Buffalo's not going to come out on the losing end of this game. He's at 7,400 this week, so three times that value is, what, 23, 20, 23 DraftKings points, somewhere in that mm-hmm. neighborhood? Right. In practice, these two defenses get to practice against Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. So both of those defenses are going to be used to a mobile quarterback if we don't want to just go ahead and say both of them are running quarterbacks, not mobile. I consider Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers a mobile quarterback. I don't consider uh, Jared Goff a mobile quarterback. He's more of a pocket quarterback. But Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson kind of seem like running quarterbacks to me, okay, with how many running attempts they have. Here's Here's the problem for Buffalo, Buffalo's defense. They're used to playing against Josh Allen and seeing him run the ball. Lamar Jackson is not Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson is a lot faster. So I think the Buffalo Bills will actually have to take a little bit of time to get used to Lamar Jackson's speed if they can get back to Lamar Jackson's speed, you know, dial it up a notch. 
where on the other side, Baltimore is used to seeing Lamar Jackson flying around the field in practice. And with Josh Allen moving at a little bit slower pace, I could see how Josh Allen could have a little bit of trouble because the Baltimore Ravens defense is going to be used to playing somebody a lot faster than him. So I could see how this could set up for actually a Baltimore upset in Buffalo and Josh Allen having, once again, I don't want to say a disappointing day because Mm -hmm. he can throw it from the pocket as well and he could throw it deep. And I think that Baltimore Ravens secondary is vulnerable through the air, but I could just see how Lamar Jackson might come out to the better of these two guys. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that as well. Um, right now, the Bills are only favored by two. Um, so Vegas is thinking this is going to be a close game also. Um, you did mention the similarities, which is a great point. Um, but you also mentioned the one thing that's not similar, and that's Josh Allen's cannon. Uh, he has a much better arm, I feel, than Lamar and a much better accurate, um, accuracy um, than Lamar as well. And so the, the Ravens aren't seeing that type of accuracy and that type of arm talent, I don't feel, in practice. Um, but again, I do think this will be a close game. It could be lower scoring for sure. Um, it, it may be a potential of snow. I know right now it's only about 20 percent. Uh, but if it starts to pick up on snow, this could turn into a running game, uh, which would definitely favor the, the Ravens uh, even more so, given the fact that Zach Moss hurt his ankle and, and won't be playing this game. Uh, kind of leaves Devin Singletary in the backfield. So uh, monitor the weather. Um, but I do think Allen can still get there because he, he does have the arm talent and accuracy. Um, in addition to the the rushing upset, something you would not have said last year at this no, time. No, absolutely uh, not. Uh, only two. You said only two points separate the two teams in Vegas, and only two hundred dollars separates Lamar Jackson from Josh Allen. Would you rather have Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson this week? Uh, Lamar Jackson is sitting at seventy six hundred. Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, why'd you ask me that? I I take Josh Allen still. Okay. Uh, just because he, I feel like he has the the passing upside that Lamar doesn't see. Lamar has to really have a big game on the ground, I feel, to be successful, which he definitely can. Um, but Josh Allen can air it out through the air, so I'll take Allen. You know, it, it says that uh, the opponent's ranking right here is the Baltimore Ravens are 26th against a quarterback position. It, it, that can't be so. I mean, that that may have been so early on in the year, but I bet you if we went through the last what, a month, month and a half, uh, that that Buffalo Bill defense really has has gelled over that time period, and I think they played a lot better. They've gotten better, but, I mean, Rivers looked pretty good against them yeah. last week. He threw for 309 and, and two touchdowns, and he doesn't have the arm that he used to have. He's obviously can't move in the pocket whatsoever. So uh, there's definitely some vulnerability still, um, mostly through the tight end. That's why you saw your, you know, Jack Doyle really have a big game. So, if Lamar Jackson can get Mark Andrews involved, that's really how I feel like you want to attack Buffalo in the air. But they're, they're definitely vulnerable still. But it's more against the pass and not against that that run, which is more of the threat that Lamar Jackson is. I can't believe Lamar Jackson got sacked as many times as he did against the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are one of the worst teams in the league at oh, sacking the, the ball. Like He watched that game. Uh, he wouldn't throw the ball. He held on to the ball so much uh, waiting for, like, you know, coverage is to break down from the Titans that they just got to him. So it wasn't necessarily their rush or their pressure. He would just always hold the ball in the pocket or try to scramble and create something that wasn't there versus just throwing it away. So if he gets rid of the ball and stops holding it, I don't think the Titans have that type of day sack wise, but yeah, he just 
pat the ball, hold the ball, pat the ball. I don't know if he was like daydreaming, like he was a really good passing quarterback, and that's why he was holding it for so long. But that's really where the, the stacks came into play. Yeah, I think that was, I am not going to throw three interceptions this time in, <laughs> in Tennessee. Now then, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes, uh, top guy, I think, on the slate. He can afford him. Uh, even at 8K, he can definitely get to that 24 that you need. I think he'll get over that. Again, they're coming out of a bye. Uh, I don't feel like they're really going to lean on the run much. You know, you got um, Elaire also coming off of injury. Le'Veon Bell didn't look very great, you know, in his time when he got a chance there. 33-point total, uh, even if he gets, you know, 21 of those three touchdowns, is going to get you pretty close with the yards you're going to put up. Uh, based off airing it out. So I, I do like Patrick Mahomes the most. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is going to be like 100%, okay, 96% owned on DraftKings next weekend. <laughs> AK just seems like a really cheap price for him. We talk about three times the value. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, Cleveland Browns fans, but it looks like he could hit four or five if you ask me. This he week. could. He definitely could. If he accounts for the majority of those points, that 33, he's going to have a huge day because um, you're looking around the five touchdown range. So, again, I know they can they can run it. But even him, he has a little bit of rushing upside as well and could scramble in, you know, one or two. Uh, so, definitely, I love Mahomes this week. All right. Let's jump over to the wide receivers uh, here. And we're going to talk about uh, Devontae Adams. And we're going to ask if he can hit three times his value. He's sitting at 8,600 going against, like you said, uh, Patrick Ramsey, or Patrick Ramsey, going against Ramsey for the Los Angeles Rams. Is he going to be able to pay off three times his value? I'm going to say no. Um, I think he can, but I do feel like if they shadow with Ramsey, uh, they'll be able to take away Adams a bit. Uh, he's just that type of cornerback. Adams even caught him one of the three or four elite cornerbacks in the league. Um, so there's respect there from Devontae Adams as well. I do expect LaFleur to put him in motion and try to get him away uh, from Ramsey when he can. Uh, Adams is a elite t- a route runner also, uh, so he'll get his. But getting that 24-27 that you're going to need, seeing mostly a Ramsey, I just, I'm just i not sure he can get there this week. That's, that's going to be hard to do, and the Rams are going to play a lot of ball control, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. no matter who's under center for them. So they're going to be running, 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 and we know Green Bay is vulnerable for the run. So that clock might be moving a little bit fast for Devontae Adams to be able to get there. Uh, I, do, I do worry about the big play capability, mm-hmm. but Devontae Adams isn't that guy for Green Bay. Really, like you said earlier, it seems to be an MVS slot to be the guy who gets away from everybody and gets loose in that secondary. Yeah, it's definitely MVS when it comes to getting beyond the secondary, getting those big play abilities. Whether he's going to catch the ball is another thing, uh, but he'll have the opportunities, I feel, and he'll probably need to be the one, him or Lazard, will probably need to be the one that takes some pressure off Devontae Adams. Uh, so I'm actually interested just to see how this game plays out. Obviously, I'll be pulling for him. Uh, my coach are out. I always root for the Packers for my wife, so hopefully they pull it off. They're going to kick us off just like the Colts kicked us off last weekend. The Packers are kicking off our household this weekend. Uh, just seeing it could be a really rough slate uh, for Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill is sitting at 8K, the same price as his quarterback. Will he be able to get three times his value? I think he can for sure. Um, we saw the, the Browns, even though they really handled the Steelers, they really struggled against the pass as well. You looked at all three of those guys there in Pittsburgh, uh, Deontay Johnson, Juju, Claypool, they all had big games. I want to say the millionaire maker winner basically had Roethlisberger with all of them, plus Ebron, and then ran it back with some Browns. But they, they do struggle 29th uh, against the pass. So Tyreek is, is set to have a big day. 
Um, I still monitor the the practice situation coming up this week. Um, he has ruled out at the end of the season with a hamstring. Yeah, they were resting their guys anyways, but I'll, I'll kind of just pay attention to the practices he gets in. If he's still limited, uh, that may be a little caution uh, with a hamstring because, you know, you can pull up and, you know, one play sprinting down the field, all of a sudden he's done. Uh, so definitely pay attention to that. But if he's good to go, full go, um, I do like Tyreek Hill and think he can get to that 24-plus at his price range. That's fake news. Tyreek Hill is playing. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Stefan Diggs, the other big wide receiver here, he's at 7,300, Pierre, and he's going against that Baltimore defense, that secondary that we talked mm-hmm. about before. And it says that he's questionable, too, as well, going into this week. You know he's going to suit up and play. Can he get to three times his value sitting at 7,300? Yeah, I think he can get to that 21 uh, to 24 as well. Uh, he's really the target monster there in Buffalo. He's averaging around double-digit targets. Uh, Allen loves him, and rightfully so. Uh, you look at 27.8 last week against the Coats. Uh, had the week 17 against Miami where he only played a half, and he got 14 and a half. So if you had another 14 to that, he's at 28. And uh, he's above that basically, uh, what, five, six games in a row. So he's definitely capable uh, I'm not really scared of Marlon Humphreys. He he saw some issues with, with uh, A.J. Brown last week as well. Uh, so when you look at that situation there, and I feel like Diggs um, can definitely is a better route runner than A.J. Brown at this point in his career. Obviously, I feel like Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Tannehill was. So I think Diggs will, will be able to get there with the volume alone. All right. Okay. I can see that. I, I understand that. Definitely the volume seems to be there. And I don't care if it's running, if it's if it's snowing, if it's raining or sleeting, they're going to throw the ball a couple of different times to oh, Stephon yeah. Diggs in the end zone. That's for sure. Just to show off that cannon of an arm that he has. All right. Would you rather have uh, Marquise Brown? And I'm not, I, I still, I'm not confident in Cooper Cup playing. I saw him limp off the field, is a knee injury. I think I would stay away from Cooper Cup no matter what ends up happening. It just didn't look good. It wasn't a contact injury, and, and I, don't, I don't know. I just, I, I can't trust Cooper Cup going into this week, Pierre. <laughs> I'll let you give your thoughts on Cooper Cup. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. I probably won't like him either. I like both of the, the cornerbacks there in Green Bay with Kevin King and Zaire Alexander. Uh, so I'm really just not a big fan of him this week. In addition uh, to the thumb injury that Goff has, um, he was the the main target getter. Um, obviously, when Goff came in the game, he still got nine targets, only caught four for 78 due to some of the accuracy issues. Um, but he, it looked bad when he hurt his knee. I, I want to say it was non-contact, if I remember correctly as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, no, hopefully he didn't like, tear ACL again. Um, he was listed as a non-participant today. Um, so just a situation to monitor, but I still don't think I would play him at all. They only have a 19-point uh, team total as well, so I, I'd probably just stick a, stick away from Cooper Cup. Marquise Brown or uh, Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown. Um, I really like Antonio Brown this week. I know he only got a few targets uh, last week against the Washington football team, but I expect him to get a lot more. I know we mentioned it uh, earlier at the top of the show with Marshawn Lattimore uh, likely to shadow Mike Evans and shut him down if history continues to repeat itself. I think that's going to open up things for Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. Um, I do feel like uh, Brown and Brady really have a pretty good rapport. I expect that three targets to get back up to that, you know, eight to nine range. So I do like Antonio Brown quite a bit this week at 5,400. Yeah, I'd like Marquise Brown. It only saves a couple of hundred bucks, but that really looks like a pretty sweet spot. I might have a Brown and Brown stack at some point <laughs> in one of those lineups that I have. Would you well, Mark- rather have... 
I was going to say, Marquise is probably going to see a lot of Tredavious White. Um, So I'm probably going to stick away from him this week. He did a pretty good job on T.Y. Hilton uh, last week as well. Kind of limited him, opened up things for Pittman uh, more so. And I expect that to kind of be the the shadow coverage that happens to Marquise Brown. And the Ravens really don't have anyone to take the attention away from. No, it might be a good Will, you know, Willie Snead could sneak up on you every once in a while. It may be a Willie Snead. <laughs> Ball week. State Cardinal legend. I don't, I don't. Why'd you quit with all the Indiana Ball State and <laughs> Indiana Antonio Brown or Jarvis Landry? I still like Antonio Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown's one of my biggest, my favorite uh, plays on the slate. So I'm sticking okay. with Brown. All right, Brown or Woods? Sticking with Brown again. Uh, again, Woods is probably going to see the the opposite. Uh, so whoever Cup doesn't see out of Jair Alexander and Kevin King's Woods will see the other. Um, again, same scenario with Goff and the, the team total. So give me Antonio Brown. Brown or Godwin? Godwin is sitting at 6,100 where Brown's only at 54. Yeah, I would go to Godwin here. Um, he has more safe targets and a safer mm-hmm. floor uh, in that Tampa offense for sure. Again, he's going to benefit from the the Mike Evans getting shadowed by Lattimore likely as well. So I would definitely uh, pay the extra seven hundred and get up the Godwin if you can. And would you save the three hundred then on the Godwin Evans matchup coming up? Because Mike Evans is at sixty four hundred. Yes, I am. I'm not playing Mike Evans this week. Uh, it's just when you look at it, you know, it goes back a few years. Um, obviously, if the Saints change their their defensive scheme for some reason, you know, he could have a big day. He's a big bodied guy; doesn't take much, um, but he just doesn't seem to to play well with with Lattimore shadowing him. Uh, even this year alone, he's got what a four for sixty-four when they got blew out thirty-eight to three, and then week one, I think he had a catch for two yards and a touchdown, if I remember correctly. Yeah, first first week of the year, which will give him a little bit of slack there because he was trying to bond with uh, Tom Brady as well, possibly seven DraftKings points, and then in that blowout game, like you said, ten DraftKings points. But I'm not going to say that he played a whole lot of snaps in that game because that game was pretty much over rather quickly, it seemed like. But yes, yeah, so even I, last I, year he had a four for sixty nine. Uh, week 11 last year, and then he had three targets for no catches um, in week five last year with, with Jameis, you know, throwing the ball over the field. So just not a good matchup for Mike Evans on paper. Uh, okay, then what about Godwin or your guy Mike Thomas, who is down here at the 6700 price range again, which isn't very expensive. And you got to say, what's, what's what Rob tell us last week? If, my, if Michael Thomas is in a dome, you got to take him, period? Yeah, yeah, he's still in a dome. And I felt like he was going to be a, a pretty – X-Factor type of player last week, um, just depending on how his ankle held up. It looked like he was perfectly fine out there, uh, five for 73 and a touchdown. Uh, They'll probably have to throw the ball a lot more um, in this game as well against Tampa, who that personal has a better offense uh, than the Bears. Uh, So I do like Michael Thomas over Godwin at 6,700. I don't blame you there. Mike Evans looks like a nice little little play. That's That's the honey hole of wide receivers, if you ask me, Pierre, because down here at the bottom, it gets mm-hmm. scary really, really quick. All right. I'm just going to tell you, it kind of gets scary. I know you can always find me some good values down here at the bottom. So I'll, uh, hey, wish you luck, partner. <laughs> so right underneath uh, Hollywood Brown, uh, I know he's got the Q tag. Uh, but I like Beasley this week. Um, again, he's he's going to get a lot of targets there out of the slot. Uh, John Brown got like one or two targets last week coming back. Gabriel Davis got some, but you saw Beasley catch all seven of his targets. He did look hobbled and banged up. So, again, watch the actual uh, practice uh, when it comes to the the Bills. He got a limited session in today with that knee injury. But I do like him quite a bit, 4,900, given the volume that he could have 
um, especially if it is cold route, wind blowing, anything along those lines. Uh, he's going to get some of those shorter routes, underneath routes, playing out of the slot. Uh, so Beasley at 4,900 is a pretty solid play. Yeah, I like you him. remember you remember last week too when I asked you because you guys you guys both put John Brown in my lineup I think last <laughs> week and I said is John Brown even playing and you both said yeah he's playing he played last week John Brown ended up with zero reception so I will ask you again is John Brown even playing? <laughs> in fairness, so I did not expect the Colts to put Xavier Rhodes on John Brown. Uh, if you watch the majority of that game, Xavier Rhodes was was always lined up across John Brown instead of Stefan Diggs. I'm not sure if that's because they wanted to keep him on the outside, which is likely the case, um, where they put Diggs in the slot a little bit more and move him over the field. Um, but Xavier Rhodes pretty much just took away John Brown, and they took their chances with the, the other three there. So he was on the field. He played a good portion of the snaps. Uh, he actually had four targets, believe it or not. Um, he caught zero, um, zero yeah, of those. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, what about Sammy Watkins? He seems to be that guy who always shows up in, in, in a situation like this, in my opinion, in the playoffs or in some kind of crucial game, and he ends up getting a big one. But he hasn't had, he hasn't had any big catches or big games this year. He hasn't, um, but he's still dangerous just being a part of the offense alone. Uh, he's going to play a majority of the snaps if he's healthy. Um, I want to say even last year around playoff time, he was the one that was kind of vulturing all the points that everyone mm-hmm. thought Tyreek Hill was going to get. Uh, so keep that in mind. He had 20, what, 27 against the, the Titans um, in that playoff game last year. He had seven catches for 114 and a touchdown. Uh, had two for 76 against the Texans in that comeback game. So he's capable. He's cheaper. He's going to be a discount. Um, from the the main options there in Kansas City. So if you do want a part of that offense uh, to pair up or stack with Mahomes and you can't quite get up to Tyreek Hill, um, if he's in, if he's playing, then Sammy Watkins is actually a a pretty solid, I'm guessing, lower-owned option there at 4,800 to get a part of that Chiefs offense. Yeah, I don't really – I'm not in love with any of these guys. So as I put names out there, it's just one of those things where you can basically say yes or no. Did, are these guys going to hit anywhere near their 3K value uh, at all? So Emmanuel Sanders, 4,500. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Robinson there for Kansas City at 4,300. No. Uh, what about Higgins with Cleveland at 41? Uh, he's capable. I'm going to say no. He just hasn't looked good the last few weeks. I know you've mentioned his name a couple of times. Gabe Davis at 4K. No, I'm going to expect him to come back to earth a bit. Okay. And Alan Lazard at 3,900? I, I do like Lazard. Um, I'm worried how much he'll actually be on the field because he's, he's questionable like every week with that core issue that he's had uh, that kept him out earlier in the season. So I'm going to lean no uh, just because I don't know his snaps. McCole Hardman, who's been well, – it seems like he's been phased out of the offense, if you ask me, in, in Kansas City. Um, I'm not going to play Hardman either. I agree. Uh, he's more a uh, gadget-type player uh, at speed. Unless he gets like a return, uh, runs one of those back, or catches a deep ball, he probably won't get there. MVS, who can either give you zero or give you 20, do you think he can pay off this week at 3800 I do. Um, I like MVS this week. Again, I'm expecting uh, the Ramsey and Adams uh, matchup to, to have a shadow type of uh, game there. So I think that's going to open up things. For MVS to kind of be the one uh, to get over the defense and get beyond that secondary to open up things for Rodgers. So I I do think as long as he catches the ball, uh, he'll have a pretty good day there at 3,800. 
How about the bear killer himself, Deontay Harris, who had seven receptions last week for 83 yards, uh, 15 DraftKings points. He's only at 3,500, Pierre. Can you see him repeating that again this week against that Tampa Bay defense? If he gets the volume, he can. Um, I didn't expect that at all. Uh, it was it was crazy, um, to be honest with you. Uh, I hadn't really – I knew of him, but he was really only getting, you know, like one or three targets. Uh, when he was on the field. So to get seven targets to catch all seven, uh, you never know what Sean Payton, if he's going to keep him in the, the actual game plan. But if so, 3500s are a really good price. Um, again, they're going up against that that Tampa secondary that, that does like to to give up some some plays through the air. We just saw Heineke, you know, play really well against them. So I do expect if he's in the same type of role that uh, Deontay Harris can definitely get there for 3500 so there's that crazy rumor that maybe Jameis Winston stays there. You know, Drew Brees retires at the end of next season. And I think you're the one who started that rumor. Thank you very much. Now we've got to listen to that all throughout the playoffs <laughs> for as long as New Orleans Saints are in the playoffs. But, I, they, you know, they said Jameis Winston might actually be the quarterback in New mm-hmm. Orleans. And they stick Taysom Hill still in that Taysom Hill spot. And I was watching that game last week. And Deontay Harris is one of those fast, explosive players. Mm-hmm. Now, we know Jameis Winston loves to throw the ball down the field. I don't know if he's going to be able to, if it is in a, a Sean Payton system or not. But I was going, wow, Deontay Harris. And I had seen his name a couple of times, and he pops up every once in a while on DraftKings stuff. Yeah. And I, I thought, you know, he's the only guy out of all these wide receivers that can actually get down the field and maybe make a play that Jameis Winston is throwing the ball. But he's a little feller. He ain't that big, you know. He's not. And uh, yeah, I did see the reports that Peyton would like Winston back. If he lets him throw, then then great. Um, I do think Deontay Harris is one of those players that they could really take advantage of. They they tend to do well with those like Sproles. He had a pretty uh, good run there in New Orleans. They've had a couple other gadget guys um, that have been well there, um, done well there as well. So if he can stick and if, if Peyton likes him, then he's going to find a way to get him on the field, just like with Taysom Hill. So it'll be interesting development if they do bring Jameis back. If they do start him over Taysom, that'll be even more interesting. Uh, but Peyton did say he's liked what he's seen of Winston this year, how he's handled himself. Uh, so that's definitely a situation to monitor, as I do believe uh, this will be Drew Brees' last season. Uh, I do not see anybody else on here that I am just in love with and that I want to say their names out loud. So I will ask you if you would like any of these guys that you see later on down the board to save us some money. No, that's it. I don't I don't like anyone else. We can go ahead and move on to tight end if you like. I thought maybe you'd pull out a Ram or something if Cooper Cup's not in there, maybe a Josh Reynolds. No, I just don't I don't like the Rams. I like the running game a bit, but with golf's thumb uh, again, the, the Packers secondary, which I, I like quite a bit um, with the two guys at corner and then Amos. I believe they stole from the Bears. Sorry to bring that up, but I just don't like the, the Rams at all and the passing attack this week. All right. Travis Kelsey is over there in our tight end slot, and he starts us off at 7800 which is a huge price to pay for a tight end, unless his name, of course, is Travis Kelsey. And Mark Andrews, who you talked about having a good week this week, he is number two in line. And if you look at the DraftKings board, they're like number 30th and number 29th against the defensive opponents or whatever the defensive opponents are ranked 30th and 29th. Do you think who has the better shot at paying off three times their value? Kelsey? Or Andrews to pay off three times their value. I'm still yeah. going to say Kelsey. Okay, <laughs> you know, 24. I'm, I'm still taking him. He just for one, he has the the better quarterback when it comes to the the passing attack. Um, he's going to get the the volume. He's gotten double digit targets basically like eight out of the last nine weeks. 
Um, so I, I like Kelsey quite a bit. Uh, we saw Ebron play really well um, from behind against the Browns as well. Kelsey's tons better than Ebron. He's not going to have the drops. Uh, hopefully I don't jinx him. Uh, he's not going to have the drops that Ebron tends to have. So even though he's almost three grand uh, more expensive, I, I do like Kelsey the most uh, to hit that three times salary. Do you think Andrews will be able to get there to three times his $5,000 salary? Because last week he only had eight, and the week before mm-hmm. that he only had seven. I do. I think he can. Um, again, they have to have that need to, to throw the ball. If they're ahead, uh, they're going to prefer to run it with Dobbins and you know Lamar, get Gus Edwards in there. Uh, so Andrews is kind of playing into a game script, but Buffalo uh, does give up points to the tight ends. Um, I actually played Jack Doyle. Um, after I dug in after the pod and saw that, um, I felt like Doyle was definitely trending a little higher uh, when it came to the snap percentage on the coats, and uh, that definitely paid off. Uh, he went for like seven and seventy in a touchdown uh, for twenty eight hundred. So if they if they're in that game script where they get behind Buffalo, I do feel like Andrews will be able to pay off that five k. If they're ahead, uh, then you may want to not have him. Obviously, you can't predict uh, the game script. So however you feel like the game's going to go, that would be the route I take when it comes to Mark Andrews. Okay, so the rest of these guys, I mean, they're all kind of lumped up. And once you get down past, what, Cameron Brait, and and people may say, Gerald Everett this week or something like that if somebody's hurt, but that answer is no. Okay, so just that that answer is no. Uh, No no Najoku either. Nobody down there at the bottom of these barrels that we can see that I would play at tight end. Not a Tyler Croft, not a a Knox, not anybody like that. So I have got two players, two tight ends on my list between Tanyan and Cameron Brait. Um, Well, I guess you can include Tanyan and Brait if you'd like to. Uh, Two players that I like this week in this tight end slot. So you, I got two players. You have to name them. Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper against Kansas City is correct. Austin Hooper is just one of those guys, and against Kansas City, that's the 31st-ranked defense against there, and he has seen uh, a lot of targets, saw 11 targets last week, 15 targets two weeks ago, and his mm-hmm. DraftKings points is 17, 13, 14, 15 the last three weeks. And So at 3,800, he seems like a really good value. Yeah, I really like uh, Hooper. Again, the, the Chiefs, if there's a, a place to pick on them, it's uh, the run game and at tight end uh, with the targets you mentioned he's getting from Baker. Uh, they really only have Landry right now with Higgins kind of regressing. I do like him at 3,800. Uh, your second one, it should be Tunyon. I'm going to say it's Cook. It's Cook. No, it's not Cook. Cook Cook didn't impress me. He doesn't he's not that okay. impressive with a healthy wide receiver core. I think he kind of gets phased out there a little bit in New Orleans, in my opinion. He did have what what do you have, seven targets last week, but mm-hmm. I don't see that necessarily providing a lot of firepower for him. They look for him down there in the end zone, but I he only had eight DraftKings points, fourteen, eleven, and five, and they, they just got a healthy wide receiving core this nowadays, so I just don't see Jared Cook doing much. Okay. Okay, so if it's not Cook, then I'm going to stick with Tunyon. Oh, you think it's a little Robert Tunyon? I would say you're wrong. Bobby Tunyon. Yeah, Bobby Tunyon. Too inconsistent for me. There's the targets the last three weeks. Two, two, and three the last three games, I should say. Then he had five the week before that. But really still, at 4,200, he's got to get to 12 DK points. And I don't. He just doesn't do it that often here at the end of the season for me to be able to do that. Not any of the last three games. So, no, it's not Robert Tunyon. Well, I'm just going to say he, he's gotten a touchdown and basically seven out of the last eight. Um, again, I expect Ramsey to, to really try to take away Adams 
And I feel like Tunyon's going to be another one of those weapons that Rodgers is going to have to lean on uh, if he can't force it into Adams. Uh, so that's why I would definitely look at Tunyon there at 4,200. So I got two strikes. It wasn't Tunyon. It's not Cook in between. It's not going to be him. So it's going to be Gronk. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if it's Gronk or if it's Bright, to be honest with you. Whoever you said, I wanted to go the opposite of. Uh, and Because you want to go with Gronk, man. It's it's playoffs time, and, yeah. and he's on the road. He's going to have to have a trusted weapon if, if Mike Evans isn't there. So you want to say that it's going to be Gronk. But I didn't even see Gronk on the field last week except blocking. You know, he, he didn't do anything. He had one target. He hasn't finished above uh, five DraftKings points the last two games. And actually, what do you have, 20 DraftKings points that one week? But that was kind of fool's gold, it feels like. He found the yeah. end zone twice on that big thing. And it just so it's not Gronk, it's Brait. You got to think that they're going to pass it to somebody if Mike Evans isn't there. You got to think so. Um, it should be Gronk. I feel like he's still capable um, really good price, so maybe it's just a name. Maybe we just see Rob Gronkowski, 3,600. You're like, oh, it has to be Gronk, and it could be Brait for sure. Uh, I just feel like Gronk has the the more upside. So similar to that 20-point game, he only had two targets, but he caught both of them for 58 and two touchdowns. Uh, he's got a six for 106 game. You know, he's gotten 18-plus, 17-plus um, a handful of times this season, so he definitely has that upside. Uh, whereas Bray, even though he got a lot of the targets last week, you know, he's more, you know, average when you look at the rest of his body of work, really, um, this season. Um, and in addition, kind of for his career, I know he he did some things last year when O.J. Howard was hurt. Uh, but I just feel like Gronk's the, the talent. Um, he's on the field more. So even if he's blocking, he's out on the field, which means there should be opportunities if they let him release from those blocks. So I do think that Gronk would probably be the way I lean for about $700 more at 3600 yeah, I'll probably take turns playing those guys. You know what I mean? If in my different lineups, I'll probably take turns. But uh, Hooper, Hooper to me is the guy to own if you're not going to own a Kelsey this week. Yeah, I like Hooper. I'm going to try to play them both. Honestly, double tight end week for me. Oh, I like a little preview. I think. What about <laughs> overall the defensive side of things, Pierre? Is there anybody that we can use to be able to save us some dollars? I sure am glad I picked that Cleveland Brown defense last week, but I don't know if they'll be able to do the same thing against Kansas City. Yeah, I probably would play them this week um, against the Chiefs at twenty three hundred. <laughs> they're solid defense, but they're, but Holmes is no Roethlisberger, so keep that in mind. I do think you can go back to the Rams. Um, even though they're going up against Aaron Rodgers, they just have a, a really solid, you know, defense there and pay attention to the Aaron Donald news. It, it looked like he like fractured a rib when I saw that play. Yeah. Um, he came back and, you know, came back to the sideline after that. So I'm not sure if that was the case. Um, that that's really big news. Um, if we want to talk about it from the defensive side of the ball is the, to watch if Aaron Donald, you know, can get back to full strength or if he's actually healthy or not. Um, cause he really clogs up that middle and gets to the quarterback. Uh, if he's not in the game, then, uh, Rogers could definitely, you know, have a lot more time back there to, to pick them apart. Uh, but I do like the Rams 2,600, uh, one of the better defenses on the season, really. Uh, they're coming off a pretty big week there against, uh, Russ, uh, getting 16. They got 20 in week 17 before that. Uh, they got double digits throughout the season as well. So, uh, Ramsey, Troy Hills, another one of their corners that's played pretty well. I believe he had to pick six last week. Uh, so I like the Rams at 2,600. Um, I know you mentioned the Bills. I actually don't mind them uh, this week as well at 2,900. Uh, going up against uh, the Ravens, 
you want them to get out in front. Uh, so Lamar has to, to throw the ball. We just saw the the sacks. If he continues to hold on to the ball like he did against the Titans, you know, they could pile up a few sacks um, with him holding the ball. And if they, they get out in front, he's going to have to throw it. Uh, the Tredavious Whites of the world will be able to, to really work around that secondary as well as Micah Hyde, um, another one of the former Packers there. He's a safety there, played real well last week also there for Buffalo. Uh, so at 2,900 um, against the Ravens team, uh, they could be able to, again, they get out in front, uh, kind of turn over the ball if Lamar is forced to pass a little bit more. Hey, Pierre, let me ask you a question. What's that? What's Jenny's number? 8675309. Sometimes teams just have somebody's number. <laughs> and I don't know if the New Orleans Saints have got Tom Brady's number. I don't know if Sean Payton stayed in his COVID bunker and just watched film over and over again to be able to figure out what he had to do to beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I know this, the New Orleans Saints have scored double digits fantasy points each week against the New or- against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The very first week, 17 DK points. The week number nine, 16 DK points. Let me tell you, in between all those weeks, they've had plenty of sprinklings of double-digit fantasy points. I don't know if, like I said, they have his number or not, but they're at 3,300. And mm-hmm. it's a little bit more than I like to play for a defense. But you always tell me stay around that 3K range, and that's where you know it's going to pay off a little bit. So mm-hmm. maybe it's a little bit more than I like to pay. But looking from the past performance, I might have to pay up to get a $3,300 Saint defense this week just in case. Yeah, um, that's definitely a good call out. They've they played Brady really well this year, um, as you've mentioned. Uh, I just worry um, about the addition of Antonio Brown uh, now being in the fold. It just gives an additional weapon, I feel, uh, for Brady. And he's really kind of taken off again uh, these last few weeks. He just looks like he's more comfortable um, in that offense there. Now, I know they haven't played the best defenses, so you could be on to something there. Uh, I just don't know if they got to get turnovers. Um, so you look at, you know, week nine, they had three sacks um, and three interceptions. Uh, you look at week one, they had three sacks, uh, two interceptions, a fumble and a touchdown. Uh, so I don't know if they'll be able to continue that. Um, he's not mobile, so they could definitely get to him. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, I'm not sure I'll pay up at 3,300, uh, but I do like that call. It does look like they have his number. So that's a, a risk you're willing to take. Uh, then they're definitely a team to, to pay up for if that's how you feel that game's going to play out. Speaking of numbers, you can follow Pierre on Twitter at PWE31 on Twitter. You can follow me as well at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore there for all kinds of different shows and all the different hosts that are on the Fantasy Impact Today network are listed there in the bio. Head over to Anchor FM as well, and you can find the show and subscribe to the show on whatever listening platform you like to listen to podcasts on. Pierre, is there any other defenses that you like, or is that about it? Uh, I mean, I like the two up top. I'm not, I'm not sure they'll be able to pay off uh, the price that you want with the Chiefs going up against the, the Browns. I do feel like, you know, it could be a, a setback type of game or a letdown game for the, the Browns, like you stated earlier, coming off that big first playoff win in a while over the Steelers. Um, I like the Packers as well. Again, Goff uh, has an injured thumb, only 19 points uh, projected for the Rams there in the frozen tundra. Uh, Packers don't get the pressure that I usually like uh, in regards to sacks. They're, they're really dependent on a, a couple players up front. Uh, so I'm not sure I'll, I'll go there um, with the Smith boys, but I, I, do, I do think you can pay up for them if you have the money. Uh, but I do like that, that bills and, and rate and that Rams range 
Mostly. Packers, Packers just don't ever get to the fantasy points I like, though, from a defensive standpoint. They're always down there in the sixes, which is a lot better than a negative number, but I'm not sure any of these playoff teams are going to get a negative number this week. So. Yeah, the Browns might. We'll see. 33 point total is pretty high. <laughs> touche. Touche. All right. Let's head over to running backs uh, to finish out the show as we usually do here on the DFS Dreamer podcast. And Al- Alvin Kamara sits at top 7,900 against that Tampa Bay run defense that we all know is pretty strong. But yes. man, if there's, a, if there's any running back that can do it, it is Alvin Kamara because he's not your traditional running back. He is a running back. He is a receiver. They get him out in the open. I think they even I think he even took a hand or or direct snap last week. It was either him or Murray. I can't remember who took that direct snap when Drew Brees ran off, but it was somebody other than named than named Tyson Hill. So I don't I don't know what to think <laughs> about Alvin Kamara. Um can he get to three times his value this week? That'll be tough, but I I, I think he can. Um watch the Latavius Murray news for one. Uh Murray's out then that should be more snaps uh for Kamara as as Murray won't be vulturing. Uh, some of those snaps that he gets in those games. I know he left um, a little early. They were in control of that game, but his thigh, um, he's questionable. And as you stated, the the Bucks have a really good run defense, and so the, the Saints will have to take advantage of Kamara out of the backfield with dump-offs, um, getting him out in space. Uh, that's really how Kamara's kind of gotten there uh, against Tampa early in the year. Um, when you look at week one, uh, he had the – 12 attempts for only 16 yards rushing in a touchdown, but he had eight targets, five catches, 51 yards in a touchdown through the air uh, there in week nine. He had another five catches. Um, he only turned them into about nine yards there, uh, but he had 40 in a touchdown. So he's going to need to get in the end zone, and he's going to need to be a part of the uh, passing game attack. Uh, again, he can be, but that's going to be pretty hard to do, I feel, at 7,900, looking for 24. He got there almost week one. Uh, now you got Michael Thomas back and healthy, so I'll probably lean no with Kamara this week. Okay, all right. Aaron Jones is the second highest quarterback uh, running back at sixty eight hundred. Let me ask you this: How many touchdowns? A lot of you know going into the season, and don't be looking, don't be looking. Have it, uh, a lot of a lot of talk was about Aaron Jones having touchdown regression this year because, of course, last year he had that huge year last year. How many touchdowns did Aaron Jones finish the year with? I already know. So you told me not to look, but I, I know. I think it's like 11, 10 or yeah. 11. Yeah, it's 11 touchdowns this season, uh, which is quite a regression from last year. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. What was it, 18 last year or something like that? Or yeah, yeah he, he was right 18. there around 18, 19 last year. I had him on a bunch of fantasy teams. That's why I was aware where he ended. Okay. <laughs> so, um, definitely regressed. And he just, I don't know, they're not they're not using him. I don't know why they don't just give him the ball. It drives me crazy. And, you know, my wife's a Packers fan, not me, but just watching as much Packers action that I watch, he just doesn't get the ball enough. He's so explosive. He has that Showtime, you know, nickname for a reason. But they're mixing in, you know, Dylan. They're mixing in Jamal Williams. They get down to the, the red zone, the goal line. They're trying to get Devontae Adams 30 touchdowns. If he actually got the ball more, he would be just fine. But they refuse to do so. Maybe they've been saving him. For the playoffs, we'll see, but he's he's talented for sure. He'll be a free agent, so we'll see if they bring him back. Uh, but definitely regression from a touchdown standpoint because Aaron Rodgers apparently wanted another MVP this year. Well, it, it, yeah, I know you watch these games each and every week in your house, mm-hmm. and it seems to me whenever Jamal Williams is in there, it, it, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of fun. 
with Jamal Williams and just the same kind of fun that he has with Tony. You know, it, it doesn't seem like he has that much fun with Adams. Him and Adams are all business. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, they, they just look at each other and give each other the nod. You know, uh, him and Jones. Yeah, yeah, no, him and no, him and, and Devontae Adams. There, they those two guys kind of seem like they're all business out there on the field, uh, kind I of a thing. And they got that that talk that they don't have to talk or have fun. But when Jamal Williams gets out there, Aaron Rodgers starts running around like he's a kid. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and and picking him up and doing some high fiving kind of things. Or when it's with Tony and he's just kind of all smiling after Tony and oh yeah, he loves Tony for some but reason. When it's, but when it's uh, Aaron Jones, it there's it's just kind of you know it's Aaron Jones. Eh. Yeah, no big deal. Okay, he takes away from his stats. <laughs> Aaron Jones breaks, you know, 70-yard touchdown, and you know, that stat's going away from Rodgers. I'm sure he doesn't care about that, um, but it just seems like that way. I know both of those guys are fun, uh, both uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. You ever watch them, like, pregame warm-ups, they're smiling, they're dancing. They, they like having a good time. It's a good problem to have there in Green Bay. Um, but, again, you're, you're right. For, for some reason – it's just it's not fair with Jones when it comes to the fun, uh, even though he's the most explosive. Like he'll he'll break. I don't see Jamal Williams breaking, you know, a 70, 80 yard touchdown or Aaron Jones can do it pretty easily. I feel if they they open up holes for him. So, again, we'll see. I'm not sure I play him this week. Sixty eight hundred. Pretty good price tag when he hasn't had that production uh, this year outside of a, a couple games. But, you know, those couple games, you know, 48, 26, 27. If he has one of those type of days, it's possible, but I just don't see that happening this week. Yeah, unless they pull out a, a, a page in the old playbook from last year or even a chapter out of the playbook from last year, it just doesn't seem like it's Aaron Jones' script anymore in that playbook. It's very strange going on in Green Bay. Nick right. Chubb hits us next time, or hits us this time at 6,600 against a pretty uh, holy defense against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't mean holy like the Pope. I just mean like for Swiss cheese kind of holy. Uh, but Nick Chubb is there. Uh, do you think that he can get to three times its value at 6,600? Yes. Um, I like Nick Chubb this week again. Uh, hopefully the, the game script works out in his favor where he, he still need it. Uh, he actually caught, you know, four balls uh, last week, which isn't the norm for him. But that's uh, basically two out of the last three weeks. He's caught four plus balls, which is usually the Kareem Hunt role. Um, Kareem Hunt will have the revenge type of narrative in this game, I guess you could say. Not sure if it's revenge or not. But anyways, I do like Chubb, 6,600. I think he can get to that, you know, 18 to, to 21 range that you're looking for. Uh, he's pretty safe usually in regards to his volume. Again, this is one of the places you can attack the Chiefs as on the ground or via tight end. So I do like Chubb here. And it may have been against Pittsburgh, but Kareem Hunt, you're absolutely right. Uh, only one target in each of the last two games, both of them, were, of them were against Pittsburgh. So it may have been one of those things where they're trying to catch Pittsburgh off balance whenever they bring Chubb into the game and they actually throw the ball because I know Nick Chubb can catch the ball. I saw him here in Georgia uh, several times or against Alabama with Georgia. I knew he could catch the football. So it was always strange to see him game scripted out of any kind of passing role there in Cleveland. I'm sure it was just a way to be able to bring his snaps down. So mm -hmm. I, I like what you said, though. Nick Chubb seems like a pretty good value this week at 6,600. Jake, K. Dobbins uh, against that Buffalo Bill defense. He's at 6K. It seems like he should be able to get to his price point too, except for Baltimore just doesn't give him enough volume. Yeah, he doesn't get it. Um, he gets vultured, obviously, by Lamar when they run those, you know, R RPOs with the, the run play, uh, run pass option. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of times Lamar wants to keep it, uh, call his own number. You got Gus Edwards that'll come in. 
um, and Vulture, some of that as well. I, I thought those would go up um, when Mark Ingram was out, but that hasn't been the case. Uh, again, Buffalo, I feel, can be attacked, you know, on the ground some. Taylor, I thought, played pretty well, uh, as well as Hines uh, in the, the game last week uh, with the Colts. Obviously, the Colts got behind, had to turn to the passing game. But, again, if the Ravens can get out in front, you know, you can see them, you know, really using the, the Dobbins, Lamar, Gus Edwards trio. Again, I don't think he gets the attempts uh, that you want because um, he's really not a part of the passing game at all. So it had to be strictly – on attempts, you want him to break a big one to probably get there, and I'm just not sure he will this week against Buffalo. Yeah, I could see that. Cam Akers looks like he's in a smash spot against the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this, Ed, the Green Bay Packers, I know they let up those big runs a couple of different times to Montgomery, or at least that first play of the game to David Montgomery whenever they played against the Bears. Mm-hmm. But then I thought they held him in, in kind of check. I'm not sure if that's true or not. It might have just been my eyes seeing that, wishing for that (laughs) big play again. But Cam Akers looks like he's in a marvelous spot at 5,700. Yeah, the the Packers looked a little better at the end of the year. Um, When it came to stopping the run, they really got crushed early on. So it's possible they kind of revert back to those ways. And Akers could be the guy to to kind of take advantage of that. Uh, He's getting a lot of the volume that we just talked about. So the the lack of volume that we spoke with with Dobbins, uh, that's not there with Akers. You're looking at 28, 21, 15, 29, 21 uh, attempts. Uh, He's a part of the passing game as well, um, getting about three targets a game also. Again, Goff has a thumb injury. Uh, I hate to keep bringing that up, but, you know, when your quarterback has a a broken thumb on his passing hand, that's going to be an issue. So I do think Akers is in play uh, 5,700 given the volume alone. Uh, but even more so given how we saw the Packers earlier in the year struggle against the run. If they have one of those days where they can't get right again coming off the bye, can't figure things out, uh, he could definitely be in for a big day. And it really looked like the secondary back in Los Angeles last week was Malcolm Brown. It didn't, It looked like mm-hmm. Henderson had been phased out of it. So if we just stay here in this little grouping of Los Angeles Rams running back, if you choose not to have K-Makers, but you want to take a little bit of cheaper option in Malcolm Brown or even in some kind of showdown slate, Malcolm Brown seems like a pretty good choice. Yeah, he's he's 4,100. So Henderson's on the IR, so it's really just that, oh, yeah. that two-man show there. Uh, I thought he came in more um, towards the end to kind of give that Bigger back uh, type of a blow once they got ahead, just to kind of, I don't know how to grind down uh, the Seahawks a bit, wear out the clock type, uh, whereas Akers was more in there um, when the game really mattered. So keep that in mind as well. Um, But again, you're one injury away if Akers, you know, rolls that ankle again or or gets hurt, uh, then Malcolm Brown, it's going to be his show there at 4,100. But I think you would just go ahead and roll the dice with Akers, uh, pay up if you can, if you want a part of that backfield. I remember in Kansas City, in their nice runs that they've had in the playoffs, mm-hmm. it always seems like the running backs start to shine. Right? Oh, uh, drove I mean, me just, crazy. Damian Williams last year drove me crazy. So I drafted Damian Williams quite a bit um, in your standard redraft leagues last year because he was the main running back there. And he did like nothing all year. All of a sudden, the end of the year and into the playoffs, it's the Damian Williams show. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So it could definitely happen. I know that's probably where you're going here uh, when it comes to this backfield. So I'm glad you spoke of it because it could break my heart again and I'll just go cry in the corner or something 
come Sunday. <laughs> no, I, I say that because I don't know if it's Andy Reid's philosophy or what it is, but this year it does seem to have changed a little bit. You know, it was no longer any kind of running backs in the backfield. It seemed like CEH took a back seat to both Tyreek Hill and to Travis Kelsey this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's still going to go forward. But uh, in this kind of game, I could see CEH really paying off at 5,500 because there'll be a lot of end zone opportunities. Plus there may be a ground and pound waiting at the clock. I'm just not sure about the injury status for him. Yeah, you got to watch the the ankle, but you're right. He only had three games all year when he played where he was under double digits. Uh, you're looking for about you know 15 to 18 here from him. Uh, not saying he, he can't get there, not saying he can because he's he's been kind of up and down uh, throughout. He's had a couple big games, you know, 20 plus, um, and he's had a, a quite a few in that 11 to, to 14 range. So keep that in mind. Uh, as you stated, it, it's going to depend on the game plan. Uh, the Browns, the the bright side is that they're really able to be attacked through the air. Uh, so hopefully that's the route that Andy Reid goes. Uh, but you did see um, just a little bit in that Steelers game that James Conner kind of had a couple openings early on, uh, but it got too too bad for the Steelers that they had to really turn away from it. Uh, then once that was the case, those holes definitely closed up there. But I do like you, Lair, um, just given the point total alone. 33 points. Uh, if you think that, you know, all of them's not going to be Mahomes, then obviously the rest is going to be from the defense or on the ground. Uh, it's probably going to be um, Elaire versus um, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so 5,500, you could definitely pay um, that for him. Hope he gets there at three times the salary, but I'll probably lean passing game myself. It was the screen game. It was the screen game for Andy Reid each and every year that it seems like he ends up exploiting. But I just haven't seen that that much in CEH this year. I don't know what it is. Uh, so I'm going to trust a little Kelsey, a little Hill, and a little Mahomes this week. <laughs> Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Pierre. you got to choose one. Which one's it going to be? If they're both playing, it'd be Ronald Jones. Uh, I feel like he's the more explosive back, the more talented back. Um, then Fournette, I know he's had a, an issue dropping – uh, the ball in the passing game, but I still feel like he's the the bigger talent and more capable of breaking off the the big runs. Um, I'm not sure he'll play with the quad. Um, kind of hurt quite a few people, including myself a bit uh, last weekend. So if they're both healthy. Uh, Ronald Jones, obviously, if he's out, uh, then you can definitely go back to Fournette. He's still pretty cheap at 4900 for someone that's going to get pretty much all the carries because Keyshawn Vaughn looks horrible. Uh, so if Ronald Jones is out, you can definitely go down to Fournette, 4,900, get a really cheap uh, bell cow type of back at 4,900. I know that that's the right answer, Pierre. You gave me the exactly right answer. But my question is to you is this, mm-hmm. Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette? Because you don't know. You won't know before game time. You know, the same True. thing will happen this week. Who are you going to choose? And you listen, you can't sit there and wait till the last minute to choose. you got to choose one now. No, you can wait till the last minute to choose. No, you can't. You can't because we're on the put, different. If you, if you put in Ronald Jones at fifty two hundred and he's rolled out, you hit X and you click on the winner before that for forty nine hundred. Oh, that happened. To, that happened to a lot of our baby bowl participants last week, and that that I, I was like, Rob, man, we got to let these guys get a little uh, action here. It's so, you know because I I just didn't seem fair that that Ronald Jones yeah. that we were treated like that last out week. out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. There was no signs. He practiced fully Friday. There was nothing you, on Twitter on the it. interweb. Nothing. Bruce Arians. It. You think Bruce Arians knew it? 
I think they all knew it. You saw how you saw him sitting on the sideline. His hair was all done up. Ronald Jones. He wasn't planning on putting a helmet on that a, hair. There was a report that it was because he was like liking and retweeting a bunch of different posts about him not getting to that thousand yards in the season and him not getting the opportunity to do so. So that that was the rumor of why he was actually benched and it wasn't his quad. It's because he kind of threw a little hissy fit about not hitting the thousand yard mark because they took him out. Um, that last game. So I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but he did have 978 yards on the season, came up 22 short of the thousand yard mark. See, see, we're all sleeping on Bruce Arians. And <laughs> and that thing that he has strapped on his chest gives him alerts every time one of his players <laughs> tweets anything out. A life <laughs> alert. <laughs> and it stores it in there for later use and he can go back and look at it. What is, what is he doing, man? Uh, man. That was frustrating. I was I was mad. It was fun watching Twitter, I guess, kind of all just blow up like what is going on. But yeah, that hurt a bit. Bruce Arians thing on his chest has got to be uh that that is that is priceless right there. You talk about me and him being an OG together, man. That's right. That. He rocks that little Kango hat. He's he's ready. It reminds me of how I strap my phone into my belt clip each and every morning, you know? <laughs> you still got a little pager look? <laughs> no, I, I did give that up a couple of years ago. But I, I sure I liked it being I like it being strapped to my side, but I said, Man, I, I you know you know what commercials I love? What's that? Those Geico commercials where the guy's trying to not make you be, let you become oh, your dad. That was entertaining. We you don't know it. him. You don't we know all, him. We all see it. We all see it. His hair is blue. Yeah, those are entertaining. Geico's got a pretty good marketing team, not to be off talk, but they have some some really good commercials. They have for years. The Camel, I know tomorrow's Wednesday, the Hump Day. That was very entertaining. The Caveman. So bravo to whoever runs the, the Geico marketing department. Would you rather have Devin Singletary, who's going to see every uh, 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 snap in the backfield for the Buffalo Bills, unless, of course, they wake up and they give my guy from Alabama, T.J. Yeldon, another little bit of a run here. Uh, They should give T.J. Yeldon some run. T.J. Yeldon is very underrated. I like T.J. Yeldon. I don't care what anybody says. I like T.J. Yeldon. Thank you. Run to the unemployment office. He's he had a chance at Jacksonville. I know it's Jacksonville, but I don't know. He doesn't impress me at all. Uh, okay, Kareem Hunt or Devin Singletary, I'll save my TJ Yeldon story for another day. <laughs> uh, this is tough because you said it. Singletary should get most of the action there, but I think I'm going to lean Hunt. Uh, again, I, I feel like they could kind of have a similar game that they did against Pittsburgh where him and Chubb both get a piece of the pie. Um, I know this is a revenge factor. Uh, that folks are talking about uh, Kansas City cut him after the video surface of him hitting that woman in the hotel room. So I don't know if that's revenge that this Kansas City didn't want that type of person in their organization. Uh, but uh, Mahomes is still friends with him apparently. So there's there's no bat blood amongst the team. Uh, but you can you know kind of get that vengefulness or or Hunt will kind of be after him running a little little harder against his former team for for not backing him uh, amongst one of his bat. Uh, decisions that he made in life. So I think I'd take Hunt over Singletary here. Even though he's splitting the work with Chubb, I just feel like that he's just going to have a chip on his shoulder, I guess is the the way I put it. Yeah, I see Singletary's floor being a little bit higher than Hunt's. 
because uh, mm-hmm. I could really see them going to chub 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 chub. But I understand also that that this game script may work out a little bit better for Hunt, uh, and I do see Hunt's ceiling being a little bit higher mm-hmm. than De- well, maybe about five to ten points higher than Devin Singletary's because I think Singletary's ceiling is around fourteen or fifteen at the most. Yeah, Singletary just doesn't get the the rushing attempts. Even with with Moss out, you probably won't see more than about ten attempts or so. Um, he's really not that involved in the the receiving game. Uh, he's more involved than Moss was. But when you're looking at passing, Allen's really looking down the field at Diggs, at Beasley, at Gabe Davis. Every once in a while, at John Brown, uh, Dawson Knox, those guys. So Singletary just isn't that big um, into the the play calling for them. Again, Moss being removed should help that some, but I just don't think they'll be able to to make up that attempts when you look at Kareem Hunt's already in the game plan uh, when it comes to the Browns. He he knows his role, and uh, he knows when he's going to be caught on, and he's going to have a pretty good chunk, I feel, of the action even more potentially uh, if they get behind. Um, I know we saw Chubb get a part of the the receiving action, but I still feel like Hunt will be a part of that if the, the Chiefs are running up and down the field. I don't think that there's anybody else that we would want to mention here. Uh, Of course, we talk about the Latavius Murray situation and and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I I think that in the playoffs, one of the things I have come to realize is that the players who get points end up getting points in DraftKings. You know what I mean? I mean, let's just keep it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just keep it simple. That's what I. That's what my. That's what maybe I should have done that all year. But uh, <laughs> let's just keep it simple in the playoffs, Wesley. That's what I say over and over again whenever I'm building my lineups. And I'll say this: maybe there just wasn't as many options to choose from. And I've always told you I do a lot better when there's not the options to choose from. And I, I just keep it simple. Then I just kiss it. I go. just keep it simple. So uh-uh. we'll say that last one. I think you're a very smart guy. Oh, thank <laughs> Okay. All right. Hey, build me a winning lineup this week. Let's let's do this. All right. Let's start. Um, so I, I know I talked them up. 33-point total, so I'm going to try to get some Chiefs in here. I'm going to open up with Mahomes at quarterback, paying up 8K for, for Patrick. I'm going to start and kind of stack him with uh, Kelsey there at tight end for 7,800. Uh, I know we kind of spoke about it earlier with the double tight end, so I'm going to run it back with Hooper um, at tight end as well. So put Hooper down the flex um, at 3,800, and then give me Nick Chubb as well to to kind of just get a really good part of this uh, team total. Uh, 33 for the Chiefs as well as the highest over under. Uh, it's up to 57.5 right now um, in this game. So give me Chubb at running back. Uh, I'll go Rams um, at defense. It kind of worries me a bit. Uh, so we'll see what we have left. But I'll go Rams to start at defense, 2,600, save some salary. Uh, let's dive into receivers here. I'm not sure I can get up to Tyreek. I may try it <laughs> when it comes to, to Saturday, but we'll see what takes place. I'm going to go right now with Antonio Brown, uh, 5,400. I feel like Evans is going to be taken away by Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, so I'll go with Brown at 5,400 here. Going to go Cam Akers at running back. Uh, kind of gets you a correlation with uh, – you're running back in defense. So I'll go Cam Akers at 5,700. That leaves me right now about 550 uh, for two spots. And there's two guys right here in the middle uh, that I actually don't mind. Um, they both got questionable tags. Uh, so you'll have to see how that plays out. But um, you can go Beasley. I'll take Beasley at 4,900 uh, to get a part of that Bills offense. And that leaves you 5,200. Um, you can go Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, I actually don't mind Emmanuel Sanders there at 4,500 to get a part of the Saints. 
Uh, I'm going to go Watkins for right now. Sammy Watkins uh, get a double stack here on the Chiefs again with that 33-point total. Uh, so that's going to give me Mahomes, Cam Akers, Chubb, Cole Beasley, Antonio Brown, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Austin Hooper, and the 40, uh, the, 40 uh, the Rams uh, defense there at 2,600. Uh, if you want, you can uh, click them off and go up to the Bills uh, if you like their game script at 2,900. I like your lineup here, but I'm twenty nine. I'm $2,800 short because I stuck Tyreek Hill in there. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to get Tyreek Hill in there, and I'm not sure how to do it. I got I to gotta knock 2,800 bucks off somewhere along that way. Um, uh, help, me, help, me, help me knock off 2,800. Who, who, who do you have in? Yes, I I didn't put Watkins in there. I put okay. Brown in instead. I think I got Brown, Beasley, and Hill. What okay, if so. I took what if I took Chubb out and put in Fournette? Yeah, you could do Fournette, or if you still want a part of the Browns, you can take Chubb down to Hunt, and that'll save you about eighteen hundred. Yeah. And then from there, it depends on what you want to do with, with Brown or Beasley. Uh, you could take one of those guys down as well. I'm at, I'm at minus 1,000. So who do you have right now? Read it off to me. Is it Mahomes, Akers? Mah- Mahomes, Hunt, Akers, Hill, Brown, Beasley, Kelsey, Hooper, Rams. Okay, you're down 1,000. Yeah, I like that. I like, how you're, I like how you got the Brown thing in there at wide receiver. Uh, when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking that if I get rid of let me, let me. You could get rid of if you get rid of Beasley. You could go with uh, Valdez Scantling uh, at 3,800 to have a big play. Uh, you could go down to Deontay Harris uh, if you expect him to have that same volume oh, that oh. he had there. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to stick. That? I'm going to stick John Brown in. No, I can't do that. I can't stick. <laughs> no, you're hundred dollars <laughs> short there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe MVS. Maybe you're right. The MVS um, play. Watch Willie Sneed go off this week, baby. And you're gonna say, Wes, how do you do it each week? How do you do it every week? If you want, uh, you could you could obviously get off Antonio Brown. I just really like him this week, also. Yeah. No, I I like your lineup. I'm gonna probably end up going back listening and building that lineup too because I did like yours a little bit better. I might have too many eggs in that Kansas City basket, to be honest with you, but. As I, the more I think about it, the more I think that the Cleveland Browns may have really have a letdown game if that's possible for them to be able to do that because who knows what Baker Mayfield's doing to get that team up right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, again, you could also look at like Acres. Let's say you don't expect uh, the Rams to do much. You could you know go and get Acres and take him down to like a a single Terry or something like that if you feel like the the Bills will use him a little bit more. That would free up a little bit more salary as well. Uh, where you could then have Mahomes, Hunt, Singletary, Beasley, Brown, Hill, Kelsey, Hooper, uh, the Rams D. So it really just depends on what you're wanting to do. It's all about lineup construction, which I, I try to tell people each week. Um, you got to be careful trying to jam in uh, all the players you want because you, you do find those salary constraints. Uh, I try to go more balanced and find those guys that are kind of underpriced uh, for their, their talent that they have. Uh, so definitely keep that in mind. But uh, good luck. Uh, hopefully we built some winners. Uh, we're getting towards the end here of the NFL season. Uh, it went by so fast. I feel it's uh, really a testament to them as well that we're going to get through uh, the season, uh, given the pandemic that we're facing. So it's definitely been fun and good luck division around. We got the, the conference championships, a bye week, and then the Super Bowl. 
Uh, it's not not much left. Thank you, Pierre, as always, for all the work that you've done here at the Fantasy Impact Today Network. You can find him over on Twitter at Wee 31 on Twitter. You can also find me on Twitter at Lofinit. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Head over to Anchor FM and you can find the Fantasy Impact Today Network over there. You can subscribe to the show. If it happens to be on the iTunes app, make sure you leave a review. Slap those stars around for, if you, for us if you can. But more importantly than all those things, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to go out into the world and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. <laughs>